Welcome to Beer Life. My name is Jordan Foss, and on today's episode, I have handsome Adam Henderson. Uh, we're going to talk about Adam's start with Machine Ales and how he turned it into Superflux, along with his partner, Matt. Uh, we're going to discuss the new Instagram account, BC Beer Memes, a little bit. And we're going to get Adam's opinion on contract brewing. Here is episode 10 of Beer Life. Um, all right, welcome to Beer Life. Hey, stop talking. You're supposed to go in. Are you putting your phone on silent? Sorry, do it again. I have notes. Oh, you have notes? Okay, welcome to Beer Life. Uh, on the show today is Adam Henderson from uh, Superflux. Uh, his partner, Matt, was supposed to be on the show as well, but was just too damn handsome to show up. So uh, we've Wait. got Kevin on the mic. Oh, I wasn't going to be on the show? You weren't, oh. but you are now, so all right. way to go. Well, um, all right. I will say that Adam is definitely... He's been the most excited guest to be on the show. Uh, he called me yesterday about it. He has notes on his phone. We talked about it last week. He showed up early. Said he left his house at 6 a.m. Yeah. Traffic. So why There's are a lot you... of driving out to the suburbs. That it's was... not that far. It's New West. It's, it's a long way. It's the, central of the, it's the center of the lower mainland. Mm. Do you know that there's this HOV lane that no one is in? You can... <laughs> To New West? Yeah, I just, I took that. Well, oh, I took, I took the highway. Oh, did you? Yeah. Take transit. There's three SkyTrain stations here. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had yeah. stuff to do. I had to drop the dog off and stuff, so. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, why are you so excited about being on this show that has a limited listenership? Do I, <laughs> did I seem like I was so exceptionally excited? Yeah. No, I, well, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be prepared. Now, I really did think it would take longer to get here. I didn't mean to show up. <laughs> no, it's all good. You caught early, Kevin off so. guard, but that's okay. That just shows, Kev, that when you're supposed to show up for work at 9, you actually show up at 8.45 and you get working by 9. I mean, I was here at like 5 to 9, so. That's true. And you are coming back from vacation, and it was good. Yes, it was very good. That's Where'd great. you go? Whistler. Oh, nice. Yeah, real yeah. far. Really. Yeah. yeah. Hey, two days, too. Did Ooh. you go to Skandinav Spa? No, I had a baby with me. I don't think you're allowed to bring babies you're there. not. Have you been to Skandinav Spa? I've never been. It's fucking yeah, wonderful. It's, it's very nice. Because you know what the problem with Whistler now is? is So, like, I used to go to Whistler a lot as a kid because my parents are, like, old-school Whistler hippies. And, mm. and then so we'd go skiing and snowboarding all the time. And then all of a sudden it got expensive. And now my parents are like, why don't you bring the kids up and ski? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to spend $200 for my son to go down two runs and then hate <laughs> it. Uh, so now... Thanks, Dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> he can go to Seymour like everybody else. But now I, uh, if my wife and I go up uh, and use my parents' place, we're like, okay, we should go today. But if it's not like actually like perfect weather, we're like, fuck it. It's cheaper to go to Skandinav Spa and uh, just de-stress yeah. rather than realize how out of shape I am because I don't snowboard very often anymore and yeah. uh, I need to go to the spa anyways. Yeah, no, which makes a, it sound like I've got spa money, which I don't. No, I mean that place is pretty affordable, and you can put it on your benefits. Yeah, so that's the trick. If yeah. you get your health and benefit plan to cover your RMT massage, you get into the bath for free. What's a health and benefit plan? <laughs> well, let's uh, get, you'll, yeah, you'll you'll get there. Eventually. Yeah, when you have a real brewery, eventually yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll get there. So uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, uh, I didn't answer your question, by the way, what, as to why I, I'm so excited to be here. Well, I, I deflected it. But did you? Yeah. I feel like you're going to get into it later. I will. Yeah. yeah it'll be queer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of having a fake brewery, um, you've had Superflex now for a while. Mm -hmm. How did it all almost start? Almost three years. Um, almost three years? Yeah. Three, three years in November. And I only say fake brewery because you don't have real brick No, it's a fake brewery. Um, Matt and I have had like our tagline uh, amongst us is we should open a brewery because when we met each other like six years ago, we were like, hey, we should open a brewery together. <laughs> and we still have not done that. Where'd you and guys meet? We met at the local in Kits. 
just randomly yeah. it was a date blind date <laughs> oh, that's yeah. nice. um no so i was i was in there selling beer and okay. so with my other business and i had a ninkasi shirt on because we rep ninkasi yeah. so i'm in there sitting there and matt just walks by and he's like oh ninkasi love ninkasi and i was like huh what i'm like didn't think anybody at the bar would know no it because it had just come to yeah come mm-hmm. to the market and uh so then go in there and i just shoot the shit with him and he used to live down in Oregon and he loves beer and then he's like oh I'm a home brewer and he start giving me beer and then we just I'd bring him beer and we just shoot the shit and we we're like oh we kind of see things the same and then we just you know we we're like we should open a brewery and then uh what ended up happening was it was actually was it the Van Brewer Awards yeah we we're judging the Van Brewer Awards at uh Callister before Callister opened okay yeah. and we're sitting there and Chester's like well you should brew here and I'm like I I have a job I'm good and he's like no 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 it's like a collaborative like I didn't actually know what the model was, was. Yeah. yeah and um they needed one more group so um for those people that would anybody listening to this not know what Callister is but no I'm pretty sure it's just the three of us to listen to it. so <laughs> listen to it back we'll understand what's going on I can also only hear it in half of my headset so it's yeah. this, you have two and a half listeners I right mean g- maybe give people a 30 second rundown of what yeah. Callister's business model yeah. is so well, it's, it's, basically, it's a brewery but it's a collaborative space so it's a small brewery and tasting room doesn't yeah. really do any wholesale but they have uh, so Chris and Diana own it and they brew there I believe Chris is still doing yeah. all the brewing for them and then um they uh they'll have three other groups that'll come in and they'll make beer so uh like boombox came from there they kind of came in after us uh adam chaperin from real cask was there when we were there chester carey was there uh for brewery creek and then uh us yeah yeah that's three and then so uh so every year they kind of change and they usually change in july so they'd have a new crop in there now which mm-hmm. i'm actually not familiar with who's in there yeah, now but like recently right now, but there was yeah, sundowner down. and yeah. good buddy mm-hmm. and uh yeah so um, I'm forgetting one more. Sorry. Uh, um, we can edit that out later. Uh, so yeah, so edit, that, we'll edit it in. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Perfect. There yeah. you go. That's, yeah. that's, yeah, <laughs> I'm new to this. And then, so, uh, so we brewed there and we were called machine ales when we did that. And where did um, that, I mean, where did the name machine ales? We come literally from? wanted a name that didn't sound like it was a brewery. And so you're just so, like machine. Yeah, we. I mean, we basically had a whole bunch of lists of names, like just like Superflux. It yeah. doesn't mean a goddamn thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I will say, listening to the podcast, I was very delighted to hear that you you swear quite a bit on this. Cause it's the I, fucking internet, man. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> we still have to put no, a disclaimer I, on the Yeah, yeah on the podcast I, I tend to do that. So, yeah, um, it's because right. I don't actually have the words to communicate yeah. what I'm trying Go to for say. It. So, uh, yeah, so that's how we started. And then um, we, we made IPAs. Nobody else that was there made IPAs. And I mean, maybe Chapman wasn't doing IPA cask. He ma- <laughs> I, I'm sure he made like one IPA. And I know yeah. that Chris made like one IPA during the yeah. time he was there. Chester just made like kind of mixed fermentation stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it was great for us because people would always come in. I mean, you know, people, there's always somebody that wants an IPA on a beer list and people just kept coming in and then we became known for that. And initially we had wanted to explore quite a few different things, but that started working. And then there was this point where Matt's like, Hey, I'm going to make uh this thing they're doing out like on the east coast it's kind of like a and i'm like made this beer i'm like it smells great does it have to look like that does it, <laughs> does it have to be so hazy yeah. and i was um i th- most of the purist has probably left me now but like i was pretty pierced about it and i was like well this is not like yeah. you know this is not what we've been trying to do 
and um, like within a week like eight people came up to me and they're like hey i had that the, the beer we made was called pulp and right. um mm-hmm. somebody else makes a beer called pulp now so we're not going to use that name anymore but uh anyway somebody's just like people kept coming up to me and they're like i gave it to my dad my dad loved it he said it was like the best beer he's ever had and then blah 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 it's like this is the most amazing ipa i don't even like ip like we got all this feedback and yeah. i was like okay we did something like yeah. something just happened because mm-hmm. like, our other ipas yeah. people kept coming in for and they liked but there was something about that and that was the first time actually honestly matt had never had uh like you know new england or vermont like he'd never just had like he just had of heard yeah. of the brewing right. techniques used yeah. and you know so huh. that's kind of how it started and then i mean now we i mean we're mostly known for you know hazy style yeah. ipas or nebraska ipas whatever you want to call them and yeah. uh yeah so that's the only kind beer of, called nebraska that we make is a lager which uh, is probably confusing to people now that i thought about it i didn't even know there was such a thing as a nebraska ipa well, there, is, there isn't but that's what any any is the nebraska. state abbreviation for nebraska oh. so we did sorry that's a that's, that's a, a deep, joke that's a deep it, joke, right? joke right yeah, yeah. yeah. If, i bet you if matt was here he would have got sorry, it sorry it's not funny if no one understands it except for you and i i gotta start with we'll we'll edit that out yeah okay perfect yeah that's a that's what I'm like. So, um, so yeah, that's, so you're uh, brewing that, you're brewing that style. And then did you just, once people, you know, obviously dug it as much as they did, did you kind of throw everything out the window and you're like, fuck, we're just going to make this style of beer now while at Callister. We never made anything else, but a night. Well, actually we made, I think we made like one stout once, um, and everybody and, got angry and was like, what are you guys doing? No, they weren't at that point yet now, yeah. maybe. But yeah, we so we pretty much just made IPAs. We made a like a one or two hoppy pale ales. Um, tried to make this like Belgian-style beer uh, that was basically like a Belgian-style pale ale that was dry hopped with citra that I was so stoked on that we ended up having to dump. I don't know, I got yeah. infected. So it was one of the many beers we've dumped, actually. But uh, people just don't know about those. Well, now, I, well, people don't know about all the, I mean, which is good, but it's also great to know that people dump beer still. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> um, we just dump a lot more of it now when we dump well, why, it. Why, what were you finding that you just, like... I mean, is there something with the style of beer that you found that makes it real dumpable, I guess? like well, No, I mean, we that one, we, we, we'd we never worked with that yeast before. Right. So we, we got, um, I, th- I think it just got infected when yeah. I dry hopped or when I transferred it. Um, yeah. There were a couple things, but basically it just got pretty funky. Yeah. Um, and it did so quite quickly. So it was actually really clear that it needed to go. Um, and when you dump a we, beer, that's expensive. That's more expensive than most people dumping a beer. Well, at Callister it wasn't. It was like no. 500 bucks, right? Right, because how so big are the batches at Callister? They're, they're five hacks. So right. for anybody that doesn't know, it's 50, or sorry, 500 liters. Yeah. Um, most of our beer, like our hoppy beer, the way we dry hop, kind of costs like somewhere around a dollar twenty-five, maybe a dollar forty a liter. Yeah. Um, we charge you guys way more for it when you end up buying it. But oh, I know, a I know. Of, I've seen your wholesale There's a lot of factors <laughs> in there. Um, you know, a lot of beers is a lot less than that. Like some, they're... I, I ran into a brewery in uh, Ontario um, and they've got this like house beer that they make that's like three and a half percent. It costs them 15 cents a liter. 15 which, cents a liter? Yeah, Holy like, shit. Yeah, that's wow. fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I wish we could do that. But we, we would obviously charge a lot less for yeah. stuff like that. But, um, you know, a dollar twenty-five is actually fairly expensive. Uh, yeah, it is. For cost. So anyway, this, so that, you know, it costs us, let's say, 600 bucks to dump it. Um, we've had other beer. We did this one thing. And, uh, this might be a stupid story, but uh, we made like our double IPA is called Have you listened to this podcast before? <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> All right. So I wasn't that excited to be on it. No, I did. I did. I, uh, Stupid stories are what we live on. Okay. So we made um, Double Infinity, which is our double IPA. Yeah. And we made a Citra version. And I think it was the first time we did the Citra version. We made two batches of it. And one of the batches got undercarbonated. 
and we were unsure if it was like kind of good enough. And then we had the second batch, which was so carbonation's measured in volumes of CO2. So one was like 2.1 and the other was like 2.4, which is yeah. kind of normal for us. And we actually took an entire canned batch of the beer yeah. and dumped the cans, which it costs a lot yeah. to dump mm-hmm. beer. It costs way more once you've packaged yeah. it because yes. we spend just as much on packaging as we do on the ingredients. Yeah. We're the same. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we didn't release it. We just gave it away to people and we didn't sell it because it was totally different. It wasn't totally different, but to us, it was like, no one would have fucking noticed. Honestly, yeah. like today I would probably be like, just release the beer. Um, but we were like, listen, we try super hard to make this beer as mm-hmm. good as it can be. Yeah. This one's clearly, the more carbonated one was clearly better than the other one. So we just dumped it. And so were you guys, well, sorry, we didn't dump it. We gave it away actually. And so we ended up dumping a couple flats, but. And were you, when you guys were dumping the flats, we just cracking them open and pouring them down the drain. And this was at Strath probably, right? No, I mean, we actually did give a ton of them away. Yeah. Um, I, I think ultimately we ended up dumping a whole bunch. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember exactly how we did. I think we might have just opened them up. Um, have to. Yeah. So if Matt was here, he, Matt would be yeah. it because he was the one who actually did that. But, Come on, Matt. Yeah. But then we, we recarbonated, I think, the rest of the tank that wasn't like that was going to go for draft. Yeah. And then that got sold as draft. But I don't know. That was pretty. Um, yeah. That was when we were, I don't know, I guess feeling really high-minded or whatever. Well, no, I mean, I think it's, it's like, so we've... But it wasn't bad. Like, no. we could have put the beer out if it didn't have a comparison. Yeah. And it would have been just fine. And so, I don't know. We famously, well, famously within the industry, because we always talk about it when other people are looking at doing um, a certain style of a label. But when we first, Royal City Ale for us was draft only I for a long this. time. And then Josh Vanderhyde from Fieldhouse was our original designer. I don't think Fieldhouse was open yet. And he was like, you know what we should do? He's like, we put this can. He's like, let's do a matte finish, right? Everything normally with the cans and the shrink sleeves, it's like got a glossy finish. And, and it's only been recently the printed cans all have matte, like a lot of them have matte finishes on them now. Mm-hmm. Like the nudes and the neutrals, they all have that matte finish. It looks great. Right. Um, but anyway, so we're like, okay, this sounds good. So we got these shrink sleeves. So yeah, they weren't printed. No, they yeah. were shrink sleeves. And so the shrink sleeves come in and they have a matte finish on them. And so... All the cans get uh, sleeved. We fill them all up. It's the first time we've released it. So I think the batch is like 50 hex. So like, yeah, like 5,000 liters. Um, anyway, so we're really excited. We package on Thursday and we're going to release it the next week. I haven't said anything about it. Like we haven't teased it on social media or anything like that. And I go up to, to Whistler and I get a text from one of my tasting room staff, uh, Heather. And uh, she's like, if you have you tried Royal City Ale yet? I'm like, yeah, I'm drinking it right now. But I'm drinking it in a glass. And you can cough. It's okay. No, I was burping, actually. No one can yeah. see Adam right now, but it looks like he's trying to... Uh, <laughs> I was, I was going to have to jump across the table and give you the Heimlich, but you're no, good. No, no, I'm good. I was trying to slowly let that burp out. That <laughs> was my JJ Bean <laughs> breakfast sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, so we're, I'm like, no, I haven't tried it out of the can yet. And uh, she's like, you should try it out of the can. And so I crack a can open. I put it up to my lips. I try it. Tastes good. And then about a second later, after I'm finished swallowing it, there's this like almost like a rubber varnishy kind of after flavor. I'm like, fuck. And it was a real apparent right then that it was actually like the matte finish on this can. <laughs> and so we're like, holy shit. So we're having this like mental struggle. We're like, okay, so the finish on the matte finish is causing this off flavor. Um, we got everybody back at the brew to test it. And it was like, yeah, I get it. I get it now. 
And we're like, okay, well, how many of these people are going to pour this beer into a glass and how many people are going to um, drink it from the can? Mm. And like we pulled the staff and everybody's like, oh, it's probably drink from the can. It's the first time a can's been I'm like, fuck, that's not the answer I want. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, so we destroyed, it was 5,000 liters of packaged product. Jeez. And at that amount, like you have to call excise tax to right. tell them you're doing it. And then you actually take it, we had to take it to um, West Coast Cans because they canning the, the beer for us. And they're also the liaison with the shrink sleep company. Obviously felt bad. It wasn't their fault by any means. But they're like, well, we'll bring the, like, we don't even have a truck that could carry that amount of beer. So oh, they had to yeah. bring their, their big truck to carry the mobile canning line in over. We had to load it up. And we, there's a facility off Marine that basically all they, yeah, like all they do is Pacific metals. Or yeah. Something. And all yeah, they do yeah. is destroy beer and other things. Yeah. And I'm sure they horrible, do horrible yeah. place. Oh, yeah. yeah. You could see there's a, there's a lot of big brewery beer there just being destroyed all over the place. And I was like, Whoa, okay. I was yeah. picturing that when it was destroyed, it was like some sort of like cool explosion or something. Like no, that piled would it all amazing. together yeah. and then just blew it all yeah. out. Or like a Viking funeral. It is. And a pushed thing. it out into the freezer <laughs> yeah. and then shot it with like a oh, flaming man, Viking funeral is an exceptional beer name. Should have put it down. That is write it down. Kevin. Yeah. You should have just sent it down the Fraser river on fire right (laughs) so yeah so they give you a certificate they're like hey you fucked up here's your certificate and uh how much beer you destroyed so that um when you get audited it's not a big thing and and anyways it's like i remember being like how are we going to recoup all this and uh and we did though because i i really i went after the shrink sleeve company and Mm -hmm. uh they eventually buckled and they they did they were great they actually paid us um the lost profit we would have made off of all that beer. Oh wow. Because wow. in those days we like we would have almost had to shut down because that beer would have been enough to get us through the next week and then we didn't have it anymore. So it it actually really like I, I tried to say to them like this affects every ass every other part of my business because now I only have three beers available in the tasting room right. and people are gonna be pissed. Now I can't like this beer would have been it's been pre sold and now I got to call and disappoint all these people. And so they were good and they, they ended up giving us money back. But don't get Matt finished shrink sleeves. That's the lesson. Yeah. Well, because basically weren't they, I mean, maybe they've changed it now, but what they basically did is they applied them backwards, I thought, because they printed on the, there, there's two sides. There's yeah. the side the ink's applied to and the shiny side. And what <clears throat> I think initially the quote unquote technology was that they just print kind of either a mirror yeah, image yeah. on the other side and then apply them in reverse. Then, really? So yeah. what you were tasting was the ink coming off on Probably, lips, yeah. It, it just tastes like it wasn't yeah. sealed properly. Which right? is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So the shrink sleeve company, yeah. like, they were obviously, you know, they're trying to push back a little yeah. bit. And um, and so I sent a photo uh, because we had a, my, my son who's four now was just a baby at the time. And of course, like, he was teething so he likes cold things. So I had this cute photo of him, like, with his mouth on, like, a Royal City Ale can. And I'm like my infant son put his mouth on this shrink sleeve. That's how, that's and I'm like, and I said, I'm like the next yeah. call you'll receive will be from my lawyer. And then they got back to me wow. and like, that was a total bluff. There's no way. In hell. I don't even have a lawyer. There's no way. In hell that would yeah. But they were, and they were good. And we still actually work. And with we them thought you're one of the top five nicest guys in the craft beer industry. <laughs> Listen to this show. Right, right? It was a Holy lot of money. Shit. It was a lot of money. So anyways, um, now I don't even remember where we were before, but you, okay. So you got machine nails. I just want to quickly, cause now you're called super flux. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember being away with you. We were in Calgary when you were showing me the original designs of Superflux, but maybe regale it, you know, our, our five listeners with why you went from machine to Superflux. Yeah, well, so the main reason was 
when Callister ended, sorry, when Callister started, uh, when machine started at Callister, Matt and I were like, let's open a brewery. We were looking at buildings back then. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. I just finally cut my <laughs> contractor, the first check I've ever given him in like four and a half years of helping me. Thank you, Cam Johnson from Harmony Pacific <laughs> oh, Projects. They're amazing. They built a lot of awesome breweries. And Cam and I were friends in high school. What happened? Uh, I don't know. We went to different <laughs> high schools, but we played baseball together. Yeah. And we just recently re-met uh, in Victoria. At wh- oh, so you're friends that. again. Well, we've seen each other and, re- and sort he's of a great been guy. like, hey, there we go. Anyways, carry yeah. on. No, okay. I'm just teasing you. I love that guy. He's um, So he's been super helpful. Um, so yeah, we were trying to open a brewery back then. Again, that was our mm-hmm. motto. We should open Got a brewery. Yeah. Um, and we uh, we were we went to <clears throat> we went to trademark machine, and uh, we found out after talking to our lawyer that we couldn't trademark it because well we could have tried but there was another guy who had uh, lean machine ales and we had heard they were familiar with who this individual was and they're like he'll definitely sue you or try to stop you from registering a, hmm. a similar trademark so you shouldn't do it so we were super bummed out we're just like ah oh, well we just you know, spent a year working on this thing. We didn't make any money. Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, um, we, it was just a, an experiment and yeah. we were like, now it's dead. So we just, we took some time off and we're just like, all right, like, what are we going to do? And then we're like, well, we should have a new name. And we had a list of names. Matt sent me this list of names and there were like Superflux was on it. And then the rest of it, I thought was garbage. I was just <laughs> like, I don't like any of these names. Superflux is cool. He's like, that's my favorite too. And that's where the name came from. Yeah. The closest it was to like having any sort of like Genesis or other, you know, history was that when we were machine, we had this in retrospect, terrible idea to have like names that were like, you know, like we wanted to call a beer time machine or like AKA like flux capacitor, which right. is just uh, makes me cringe thinking about that. But anyway, so flux was like a word that we had. Um, it sort of has some connotations to like what we think our brand is it just it makes sense for us it was just a name we were like that that makes sense so we're just going to use it and but it really doesn't mean anything um my grandma asked me the other because she still doesn't know what the name of my businesses are um and she's like super what i'm like super flux is like it, it's always yeah. the worst thing to say to people over the phone they're yeah. like pardon me and <laughs> you're like your grandmother oh, you're yeah. speaking to yeah super what yeah. and then you have to spell it for people anyway so but uh yeah so verbally maybe not the best but it's yeah. it's worked i mean it you know it's uh doesn't mean anything but now it does so and so then how did you start the how did you meet the guys from Strathcona because obviously you're brewing at Strathcona right now for Superflux yeah and well you, so we actually left when we left uh Callister or I mean we, all right you were at Dogwood for a bit too right? yeah, yeah so when we when we left Callister we I mean our year was up and mm-hmm. then so it was like okay well what are we going to do now and uh we took some time off Matt went and had a little solo retreat on Demon Island where nobody talked to him for three months <laughs> must have loved that <laughs> he, he actually did I yeah think it's I know. Matt's favorite thing so um he actually is here right now he's just not <laughs> <laughs> he um so he he was there doing uh he, and then when he came back i was like hey i talked to uh, claire at dogwood and claire was awesome and she was willing to help us out and so they had a, a tank that we could use and kind of rent and so we went there and we made some beer there and um we were there for i guess about six months and then we they were kind of going through some changes and they they wanted us to like they kind of politely asked us to leave yeah um it was fine and uh we were like, okay, well, we'll find something new. And we looked at a few options, and um, one of the owners of Strathcona just like texted or sorry, Instagram messaged us, and he's like, "Yo, we should sit down, and have a beer. You do cool shit. I want to chat." I'm like, 
Okay. About like, <laughs> is this guy going to murder us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was literally, I wish I probably still have it on my phone. It was funniest text message. So we went and we sat down with them and yeah. uh, he was basically like the, the financial backer behind the project. And, uh, he was just like, yeah, well, you guys do cool shit. You should come in and make beer here. And he's like, what does it need to look like for you to do that? Sweet. And we told him, and this was like, we had beers on like a Tuesday and on Saturday we were brewing there. Wow. It was, yeah. yeah, it was That's crazy. very fast. So, um, you know, Strathcona has been incredible to us. Like, I mean, we, I mean, we would exist, I suppose, without them because we would make sure we did, but yeah. we, we wouldn't exist the way we are. And it's been, it's been a pretty awesome relationship. I, I hope for both parties. And I think that, you know, there's frustrations for sure. If, uh, being in somebody else's space and brewing, like yeah. they, you know, I'm sure there's times where they're like, oh man, I wish these guys weren't here, <laughs> but yeah, they, fair. they've yeah. all been incredibly nice. I'm not saying they say that. I'm just saying they must feel that way. I would feel that way if somebody was in my space, but I don't know. I feel like Matt's they, probably a pretty easy guy to have. In no, he is. And we, yeah. we actually do most of our, like we package on Saturdays and we brew on Sunday. Right. I'm just saying like, it's, it's not lost on me how much they do for us. It's, it's yes, really incredible. I assume like so. everyone labels their stuff in the fridge. Kind of like if like you were roommates, it'd be like, this is my milk and this is my cheese. Pretty much. I mean, we have thing. a, we have like a small shelf where yeah. all of our stuff is. I right. mean, we basically, um, because of our, schedule and stuff like we brew once a week so right. we we order everything and pretty much we order on monday it arrives on a thursday it sits yeah. in the fridge in one spot and then it's ours yeah. our orders that show up from uh canada malting are all tagged on the floor and they say machine ales because they <laughs> can't change that for some reason so that's <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a canada malting thing right? yeah well it's just it shows up under our account which is machine ales and we're like we're not called that anymore they're like you are to us and it's <laughs> yeah. like okay whatever so, so we, it's, it's you like, can send the bill to machine ales too <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we've had it's funny because we use canada malting as well and uh <laughs> trying to get eric on their uh on their mailing list they're like, mm. hey, Peter. And uh, and it goes oh. to Peter's email. And Pete hasn't brewed for us for like three yeah, and a half time. years. Yeah. And it's been really hard to get it changed. So I'm like, just you're Peter now, Eric. Yeah, I was going to so, say, you just have to change Eric's yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's done. So I want to talk, because you and I chatted about this before. And so technically what you're doing at Strathcona is you are Strathcona's contract brewing. Correct. Is that how it would be working? Yeah, te- technically. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm happy to describe a, a bunch of that. That happens, well, I just so. want to. I want to. I don't really. I, I think people know how it works with the, yeah. you brew at Strathcona. Yeah, and like Matt and Simon. Simon's our other brewer, yeah. and uh, so Simon. Simon actually does all the the brewing. Like, yeah. You know kettle mash done boiling etc um the uh, you know matt ma- basically does the dry hopping we're always dry hopping and because uh, he's tall and he can reach and the top. He can, yeah he can yeah. actually um it really factors in yeah and uh yeah so but uh so we we do all of that yeah. so all of the beer production is yeah, done you by guys us brew the beer itself yeah. but it, and it's but it's, we don't have a brewing license so no, the way that it works i mean we actually we're in the process for our own space that's another story but the we we can't use that license at this space so it's all done under strathcona's license um which means, you know, they're the ones who pay the tax and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah they technically own the SKUs, uh, you know, under license, quote unquote, but we don't have like an extensive agreement about how all that stuff works. Right. So it's... Um, but from a government point of view, it's technically like... It's, it's like a Strathcona, Strathcona product. product. Yeah. Is it like the LDB who is, you know, anybody that works in the industry will know this, but like that's who we register our products with. They see that and they think that Superflux is a Strathcona product. I mean, yeah. again, technically, legally, in almost every aspect right now, it is. Yeah. Um, cause we don't have a license to make it. So, um, yeah, the LDB doesn't really know who Superflux is. They think it's a brand of Strathcona, which 
it actually is right now. Although, yeah. you know, we have our own company and we own the trademark actually to Superflux, which we learned from the machine exercise. Trademark your name. because if not some Well, yeah, because somebody else could just come in and if they've trademarked it, um, it's not quite as easy for somebody else to come in once you've started. But yeah. if somebody else happens to have a trademark and decides to tell you you can't use it, yeah. you're shit out of luck. And that could be kind of devastating mm-hmm. if you've spent a lot of time and money and energy yeah. building a brand, brand right? Yeah. So sure. um, that's a little lesson to anybody starting a brewery. We learn the hard way. It doesn't cost that much. It takes some time, but it's like 1500 bucks. The alternative would be just fucking devastating. <laughs> I think yeah. like well, it would, it'd be heartbreaking to invest that much time. We, we felt that way after a year yeah. of a project. It wasn't, you know, machine wasn't a real business. No. Um, it was just a project, but we, we felt that way, not being able to own that. So, yeah, anyway, the, I digress. But Yeah, so it, it works. It's kind of, you know, I mean, most people listening probably, I think, are a lot of industry people and they understand kind of how it works. But w- what are the other um, challenges, I guess, with the way the government looks at what you guys do? I know we tried to get you out for like a an event and I think there were some issues where you couldn't technically be at the event because it was Superflex yeah. at the event, not Strathcona. And I even noticed at Farmhouse Fest because um, Temporal, they brewed a Lupolo and they had to write like brewed at Lupolo on the sign at the Farmhouse Fest. Right. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, we, so we can be at those things. We choose not to for a couple of reasons. Um, excuse me. Um, so what to backpedal a little what happened was i mean there's been a whole bunch of talk about contract brewing and how and i want to get into that how it should yeah. be viewed in the industry and through that i mean the uh, so there's there's two bodies there's obviously you know that's like the ldb and then the i actually forget the acronym now the, the lcrb, LCRB. yeah because yeah, yeah. they put cannabis in it so we're right. all taking we've the liquor cannabis regulation yep. branches it used to be the lclb which is the liquor control licensing branch yep. yeah so i always get that confused but um same shit and uh they have taken this stance that kind of on two things one if you go out and you call yourself a brewery and you're not a brewery which we don't we say we're a Superflux beer company yeah. which is different we're not claiming to be a brewery well then that's you know so they take issue if you're calling yourself a brewery and that happened to somebody at Callister um, and then if you're at a festival and you're and this is where I get kind of upset with it is that if you're at a festival and you're exhibiting at a festival they want you to say where your beer was brewed and I'm okay with that like we say that in our cans but yeah. like when you're at a festival the way that a festival works to me is that festival owns the beer. They bought the beer under a liquor license that they had to apply for, and they sell it. So you're at a temporary bar. Mm -hmm. When you go to a bar, you don't have to tell me on a handle where something was brewed and who it was brewed by and what the business relationship and contract relationship is when I buy something. And frankly, if Sapporo was at festival, you don't have to tell me that it's brewed at Sleeman's or Sleeman's owned by Sapporo. I don't know, whatever. I mean, I'm I'm probably getting the details all that wrong, but like none of that shit should be important. And the liquor control and liquor cannabis regulation branch really shouldn't be spending any time on that. In my opinion, It, it is just a, it's a silly thing. And I, but I would, have this fight with somebody if they came up to my booth and it would ruin my day. So I don't do festivals because of that. And I don't want to put an employee at a festival or hire somebody to do that. That's going to have to like, because we also aren't a Strathcona, although I just said we're technically a Strathcona brand. We're not a Strathcona brand. We're a separate company and Strathcona, like they don't want any more confusion. Like that's one thing, you know, that they have to deal with is sometimes people think like we're them and they're us. And that's not the case. 
So we don't want to add to that confusion by putting up a sign that says brewed by Strathcona right. or at Strathcona. Yeah. And it also just, I don't know, it just, that gets under my skin. Um, the other reason is we just really don't have the time for festivals right now. Yeah. There's three of us and, you know, we... Uh, I was going to sound conceited, but like we make as much beer as some places that have like many employees. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're all trying to do a lot. Um, you know, I've done my fair share of beer festivals and to just go and be like the one person there, I'd have to hire people and try to staff it. It's really hard. Our guys are always brewing on the weekends. So it's pretty much just me that's available and I work all the time during the week. So it's like, we're just yeah. kind of like, we're, we, we have a good reason to say no thanks to festivals yeah. right now. And we will do more of them. And there's some that we really want to partake in. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that one thing, it just kind of gets under my skin a little bit. And well, that bothers me. We so. do less and less festivals now, <clears throat> even though like, obviously we, there's 25 of us at Steel mm-hmm. and Oak, not all full time, mind you, but, but it's, you know, it's, it's, there's so many festivals that even with that many, it is draining. Right. And so we, we're definitely in 2020, we're picking quite a few less mm-hmm. to do because mm-hmm. some are actually really good. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we love going to farmhouse fest. It's great. Right. Yeah, farmhouse going, fest you know, awesome. going over Victoria for GCBF, even though no one really gives a shit that a non-island brewery is there. They, uh, <laughs> it's still a fun, you know, it's a good industry. Nah, they event. care, man. GCBF is fun. That's yeah. like the OG it's, festival. It's and great. It's, yeah. yeah. It's got, it's in my opinion it's only really gotten better like it's gotten a more diverse group of breweries yeah. and now it's like really well celebrated amongst like yeah. or across the country like yeah, there's this breweries year is the first the new the new uh group running group. it yeah totally yeah, so we yeah. should see how that goes yeah yeah i'm gonna miss it but you will I'll, be there Kevin. i'll be there yeah. Yeah. um i want to dip back quickly to contract brewing mm-hmm. because contract brewing often at least in the bc market is kind of a dirty word mm-hmm. and um, and I think, I mean, we'll get into it, but I, I try and think about why people hate the idea of contract brewing. Like it's something that happens in any other industry where you can get, you can give somebody a, a recipe and they can make the product for you. Right. And that's how a lot of, you know, small food manufacturing companies get off the ground. Um, I, I got a guy that I know who has a, uh, he runs coast protein and they make, um, granola bars and stuff out of crickets. And okay. which is wild. And, but that's like, that's how he does it. And then it goes to a co-packing facility. And, and it's like, our industry is one of the few industries, right? Like he's not a cricket farmer. No, he's not a cricket yeah. farmer himself. <laughs> um, where it kind of is like, it's looked down upon. And I think it's more goes back to the, I feel, and this is my own personal take on it as it goes back to that people in BC or on the West coast like to have the idea that they know they like to have a touch point with who's making the product that they're, that they're enjoying. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and my understanding of contract brewing is that that can be difficult to do. Now, obviously you guys technically are contract brewing right now and, but it seems to work well for you, but everybody is also aware that you guys are the ones that are actually brewing the beer. I don't know if they are. You don't think so. You are. I and am. People listening to this might be, cause I did just say it, but they yeah. also might know that, but it's an interesting point. Sorry. No, no, I, I just, I think I'd like you just to, to kind of talk about, I know you're a bit outspoken on contract brewing and you probably tend to go a bit against the grain from the general yeah. consensus. I completely depend upon it right now. Right. So I know yeah, right. I've risked yeah. a lot to, to be doing it and I think there's value to it in some ways. I think there's value. Well, I'll, I'll get into it. So the thing I think like that you were hitting on is that there's these narratives in beer that consumers and everybody that's in the business, whether you want to say craft beer or whatever, but like they kind of tell themselves about what they're doing, why they're doing it and what they're buying. And, you know, the contract brewing plays into that because it's like, well, who's making my beer? And, why, and it's also like, is that important to you? And I don't know that 
people examine that a lot. Um, I don't care who makes my beer personally. I care that the beer is good. That's like literally my thing. Like if Coors Light was exceptional, I'd probably buy it all the time because mm-hmm. it's really cheap. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's everywhere. Like I can, I could, you know, I know I could find Coors Light inside of five minutes right now. Right. Like but if I care. loved Coors Light, that'd be great. And I wouldn't care that it's from a big company. I, I really wouldn't. But that's you as the consumer, but not you as the small business owner. Well, so me as a small business owner is like, if that existed, I'd be like, okay, I should do something else. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not going to go head to head against no. Coors Light. Like I'm not going to try. I love, I fucking love burgers. Yeah. Love them. I am not going to open up a drive through burger restaurant right now. No. That would be not, I couldn't probably compete in that mm-hmm. segment, right? So me as a, and I don't eat a lot of McDonald's or anything, but like me as, an, me as a small business guy would be like, okay, I got to do something different. Yeah. And so me as a brewer, I do something different. Um, I just, you know, I like, I don't want to say I totally don't care because I like, I care about a lot of the people that I know that own the businesses and, you know, I, but I really, I don't think I go to a beer store and I buy a beer off a shelf because I like, I don't think about the person who brewed it that much personally. I, I'm like, yeah. I want that beer. That beer is good. Now that happens to be from a lot of small BC breweries that are very good. And that's great that I have that choice. It doesn't happen to be that I buy a lot of stuff from macro breweries. Um, and that's good. Yeah. But like, that's what's driving me is not, I just care about the liquid is the first thing really. Um, like I love that we have that part of the business. I yeah. don't want to be mistaken for the way I feel on that, but that to me is what's important. So the contract thing is like, you know, people get all bent out of shape, like about, you know, factory brewing or craft collective as they're called now. Um, but people still say factory because factory <laughs> is a brand name that perfectly encapsulates everything people hate about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't care. Like, I mean, what, what I think that they do that doesn't appeal to me is that there's a whole bunch of kind of shadow brands that there's not a lot of oomph behind. Like there's, there's, yeah. there's, there's not a lot for me to connect to. And again, there is part of that that you do connect with and you will buy stuff because of, but, um, if the beer is good, I don't really care where it comes from in that way. So, you know, the contract brewing thing has been happening forever in the world of brewing because this industry is all about scale Yeah, and it's really hard to scale your, like, I mean, you know, this, if you guys, like, if you, you know, could, or had the opportunity to double your capacity next year, you, I, I don't think you could do it. Right. No, like, definitely yeah. not. So you'd be out of we space. Have like about 10, 15% right. to go. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if, if, even if somebody is buying your beer because they support you personally, shouldn't they want that for you? to be able to double your brewery. So how are you going to do that? You're going to go contract brew, right? Like you'd have to find someone else to make that beer for you, or you'd have to buy a new building or move whatever. I don't know what it would be. Um, contract brewing is just to me, a tool that you could use to do that. Um, where, you know, so that's one way of looking at it. The other thing people or the other way of looking at it is when people do shadow brands. So people seem to hate that. And a shadow brand to me is when, and I don't know what it is to everybody else, but it's when you, you know, you have a brand and you make it seem like it's something that it isn't. Yeah. And you make it seem like it's a real brewery um, or a real brand with real people behind it, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's just like, it's a label and big beer has been doing that forever. Right. Like blue moon, blue moon's a classic example of that in the U S I mean, to a much lesser extent here, cause one, it's called Belgium moon and yeah. it, it doesn't really have the traction in this market, but a lot of people thought they were supporting like this cool, small industry story. Yeah. And they weren't at all. Right. They were supporting, I think it's Miller, Miller Coors. Coors yeah. yeah. 
And so, you know, that's kind of an example of that. And here there's been a lot of that. Again, I mean, if the beer was really good and I bought it, I probably wouldn't care all that much. Yeah. But there does seem to be a high correlation between those things and bad beer also. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not suggesting every factory brand is, is bad beer. I'm just, that's kind of, you know, I don't know. I think that that occurs in some cases where, you know, it's... Ben Coley says it really well. He's like, yeah, you can make those beers and stuff. He's like, there's no way you care as much about that kind of stuff as I do about Dagrat. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I could say the same about Superflux and about you guys. It's like, you know, somebody who's just like, hey, we're going to come up with a new brand and we're going to make Hazy IPA. It's like, cool. It's like, we've literally dedicated everything mm-hmm. to that. So, mm-hmm. um, good luck. I hope you can yeah. beat us, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, huh. and I, and I can, I think like, I think everything you said, I think kind of hits a lot on, on the right points of it. And I think it's almost like from a consumer standpoint, like a lot of people, they don't, they don't care, you know, mm-hmm. and they walk in and they see whether it be a shadow brand or from a real brewery, they're, they're not deciphering, which in a sense is a bit of part of the problem too, is it's kind of like, um, you know, that there, there can be that confusion in mm-hmm. the marketplace. And, but I think like, I think almost there lies that difference of like, if it's not something like contract brewing, in my opinion, isn't something to be upset about, mm-hmm. but shadow brands kind of is because in a, in a way it's, it's, it's a bit of a, you're trying to, you're kind of trying to cheat the customer and, and give them sort of this illusion of this, of this brand, like you say, with people behind it and stuff. And it just isn't there. Yeah. And like, and, and, and I think, and also, and then from like the industry standpoint, I think like there's a lot of, uh, breweries that are upset about contract brewing, but, and I think that lies from that, like they feel maybe they've put all this blood, sweat and tears into their, into their business and they've built it from the ground up. And then somebody, not, not you guys, I, cause I think you guys are, I think it's a separate thing from some, a lot of the other shadow brands and contract brewing, but like that all of a sudden you just come up with a name and a beer label and somebody mm-hmm. else makes beer and there you go. You're on the shelf right next to that brewery that's been built like by the person who makes the beer. Mm-hmm. And like, but you guys, as you said, like you've been building this company for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like there's a lot to be said about sort of the path that you guys have taken versus right. that other world well, of contract bringing shadow. It's different. Brands. And I think where we maybe get away with it, if you know, cause you mentioned Jordan that like, yeah. you know, people seem to view us differently is that everybody knows we are like desperately trying to join yeah. the ranks of yeah. the brick and mortar, real brewery sure. family, you know? Yeah. And anyway, so to your point though, on like on the flip side of that, you know, Matt, if he was here, would say, or if he is here, if we gave him a microphone, <laughs> what he would say is, um, you know, if it's people are worried about shadow brands, if it's so easy to just come up with a brand and make a beer and sell it out there and trick everybody, mm-hmm. why don't you just do that? Like every, you should just do that. Cause mm-hmm. it, if it's that easy, it's cheap. You don't have to invest in it. Don't start a brewery. Like, and a guy like me, I mean, I would do that. And again, I could, you know, or I could say I could do that because I'm saying I care about the liquid and, but again, the people's stuff does matter. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter to a lot of people. It's just, I'm driven by like the liquid and the beer quality. Right. And I just find that there's a high correlation of like, if there aren't people really behind it, who really care and want to invest the time, I kind of don't find the quality and that happens. And so again, you, you know, for all the people that do care about that, you have the ability through your tasting room to make those connections with people and those shadow brands don't have that and they're never going to have that. And that's where like you can win customers and Mm -hmm. you can kick their ass because like you you really can't kick their ass because you have an opportunity that they're not going to get and like they're not going to get it in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why like big beer spends, 
probably globally billions of dollars, but certainly in Canada, like I would say hundreds of millions, millions of dollars yeah. trying yeah. to launch new beers that never take off because it's really, really hard to make people care about something. And yeah. the, the beers that you know of somehow have worked and they've resonated with people for a long time and for whatever reason, and who knows why that is, but like in, you know, each case it's different. Like I have no idea why people drink malls in Canadian it's completely disgusting. Um, it's cheap. Well, and I think there's yeah, but there's lots of cheap stuff. Well, but there's better. also yeah, <laughs> yeah, but there's a, but there's not a, even that. There's cheap. a connection yeah. to it, though, right? Like, yeah, I think people have a connection to it, and I think it also stems from like, it's like, why do people continuously drink Superflex, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it tastes good, but there also is like it's an, better than Molson Canadian, yeah, I guess. Yeah, right? uh, sometimes <laughs> it depends how fresh the batch is. You know, one of my best buddies loves Molson Canadian, and he hates Superflex, and that's fine. We're yeah, still friends, but so it, it's that emotional connection to like that what they feel actually feel when they when they drink the product, right? right? Like, and it's more than the actual taste for a lot of people. It's it's something that they connect with on a on a different on a you know like oh well Molson Canadian I you know not me personally but people probably you know. They're like, oh, I feel more Canadian when I drink it. Mm-hmm. It seems like the right thing to do. It's like, why well, I drink Tim Hortons coffee? It's, you know, it's, it's that kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. And, Liquid uh, cardboard. Right. Yeah. Same people. It sounds like people care more about being Canadian than yeah. what anything tastes like. What they put I, in their face. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. And so, yeah. I think that's, a, well, but I, I want to s- touch on that quickly because I actually think that's true. Yeah. Because I think as Canadians, a lot of people don't have, um, I think they're secretly proud, but they don't boast like, the you know people in the U.S. do, and so I think a lot of the time they're looking, they're desperately looking right. for something that makes them feel more Canadian mm-hmm. and supporting something that they think is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Like, right. isn't Tim Hortons owned by a U.S. company I now? Think so now, and and um, but I think see, I don't even know, right? And so yeah, I, think, I think it was, and I'm I believe it's not anymore because no. they had it. I think they had that Wendy's merger and then they dissolved it, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to lose our citizenship. Yeah. <laughs> and, don't worry, uh, I'm drinking a glass full of maple syrup right now. <laughs> um, but I guess that's, it's the same kind of confusion I'm having with where cof- the coffee comes from or, mm. or um, where Molson Canadian, who actually owns, you know, right. the, the majority of it, right? And, and I think I look at contract brewing kind of in two, two ways. I'm actually with Matt where it's like, I don't actually really care mm-hmm. about contract brewing. I don't care if people do it. I don't care about shadow brands because I feel like what we've done here at steel and Oak is enough. And the beer quality speaks for itself that like, there's always going to be competition. And so mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. And I just have to believe that our, our beer and our brand will stand up to it. I think where I get a bit nervous and this is might be me not knowing is that I feel like right now, um, craft beer or, independent beer or whatever you want to call it. Cause I want to talk about the actual yeah, title yeah. craft beer. Cause I've had this conversation with you and, um, Adam or uh, Brent Mills as well, but we've got a good ride right now where the government's taking notice. We're creating jobs. We're like, we're, we're an industry that's important. Mm-hmm. And if we become an industry where we're not creating as many jobs, cause we don't need to, cause we can farm our beer off somewhere else to get made for us. Um, are we going to have that same goodwill with a government that regulates us, a government that charges us a certain amount per liter, mm-hmm. um, a government that like, if we, and I'm not just saying the current government, like any, any government, if you can prove to them that you create a lot of jobs and, and, a, and you know, you've got business or, or basically community hubs popping up all over British Columbia, I feel like you're likely going to get a bigger break at some point in time, whether that's a less that's price, less price true, per yeah. liter. And if we take that away, 
by all taking the cheap route of just contract brewing everything, mm. I worry that that's going to blow up in our face long term and it's going to make life more difficult for everybody. It potentially could. And that, that no, that's a great point. I mean, I, you know, I, I would say, I don't think that there's a fear that everyone's going to go that way. No, because like no, I said, no. there is, you know, there is an important, uh, like why are Matt and I trying, like we're fucking killing ourselves yeah. almost literally to open up a brewery for real when yeah. we already have this magical, you know, works. Right. magical contract world yeah. that everyone's afraid of. Like, I really want to have that personal connection with people because I know it's important to them. Um, I'm driven by the liquid being really, really yeah. great. Um, but I know that we can make that and have that and that our business will be more successful and people will be happier and blah, blah, blah. Well, but like people will be happier, right? Like, yeah. but it's, but it's, I also think too, it's like, and I, I think, oh, is it a super flex thing or is it the fact that you guys brew at Strathcona and you don't brew at Craft Collective that people are like, oh, I'm, in, I'm okay with this. I'm into this. And I There's, think about our own beer, like you, we're 10, 15%, let's say till max capacity. If we were like, oh yeah, well we needed, you know, we needed some extra space, you know, for, for something for the summer. And so our friends at four winds, they just bought a bunch of new tanks and they're going to mm-hmm. let us borrow one for, for the, for a couple months. People be like, that's fucking awesome. What a rad well, that's industry. That's a good news story. But right? if you did it at, at Craft, Craft Collective, Collective would like, people think the same thing? Nah, they'd but be like, fuck you, stealing. Okay. Like, like, in my opinion, you don't even have to tell them. No, like you well, should I mean, but it has to say it on the side of the can. Well, so they say it does now, but so what's interesting is if you actually have an excise license and it's yeah. some months, I think they've they've started saying that now. Yeah. But and maybe it would say it on the side of the can, but should it even matter? Because it's like they love you if the beer like yeah, my if, opinion if, if is we, if we if we're okay with it and yeah. we're like the beer that comes out of this place mm-hmm. is to our standard, yeah. then you're right. Why I guess in that sense, it, why do people care, yeah. right? Sorry, I actually yeah, I, I maybe was wrong there. Maybe, yeah, you do have to tell them because they've recently kind of changed that where it used to happen where as long as you had uh, a brewing license, a manufacturer's license and an excise number, somebody else could make your beer and then you could bring it in and sell it. Right. But for example, if you're doing that draft, no one's ever going to really know because there's no way to disclose that. No. Um, but maybe you do have to put it on the can if that happens. But again, do you have to do it if it's, it would be packaged at their brewery, I suppose. So then you would have to do it anyway, whatever. Um, I'd have to look into that more. I'm not kind of out of my depth on that. Cause that's not how we operate. Yeah. Like everything we do is fully made at Strathcona. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, like my point would, you know, the way I would view it as a steel and oak consumer and fan is like, yeah, great. They made some beer there. Does the beer they make there taste as good as the beer they make at the brewery? Cause if not, yeah, you, then you'd hear yeah. from me about yeah, it. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, or I wouldn't buy it. I'd be like, oh, is it the, is it the farmed out stuff? Cause right. it's not as good. And yeah. like, I mean, that's a legit concern and that's wow. where I would be concerned. And that's why Matt and I don't like, we're totally open to the business idea of making like, you know, how would we make beer in Alberta? Yeah. Um, how, or could we, you know, would we ship it there? Like our beer is not particularly transit friendly yeah. um, at the moment or what we make right now. I mean, if we ever wanted to sell beer in Ontario, like we'd probably have to make it in Ontario. In Ontario. Uh, Alberta, we could definitely ship to, um, but in Ontario, we'd probably have to make it there. So how would we do that? Yeah. And, you're not going to invest another million and a half to yeah. open another brewery in Ontario just so that you can send some beer there. Right? Wow. Like we could just borrow it from our friend Jordan Foss. And, fuck no. Yeah. God, no. I don't know. I've heard Whistler trips come up a lot here. Yeah. Yeah. Know, so. It's trust me when you see this, <laughs> when you see this place, <laughs> I shit you I'm not. You, this man. place is literally, uh, it's a studio yeah. in a 1970s yeah. condo. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. And I'm okay. lucky to be able to use it, but, but yeah, so people we, are going to think that this is a good industry to get into and there are going to be more people into it, not realizing that yeah. it's a fucking slog. It's a slog, but everything's a slog, really. I mean, there's, you know, and I think people are in it because they love it. And that's why you should be in anything that you do. Um, Yeah. So um, everyone's a little different in terms of how they view it. And uh, 
Yeah, so I don't do we kind of Well, why don't we why don't we stop? Thing? Let's take a quick let's yeah, take yeah. a beer break. Are we drinking? Yeah, let's oh, get a yes. beer and then we'll come back and talk about the actual term craft beer cuz I want to get into that. Use your palate, Kevin. You tell us. I haven't even tasted it yet. <laughs> Kevin's everything that's wrong with the beer industry, right? Uh, no, I don't true. think so. Kevin's everything that's great. That tastes unbarrel aged. <laughs> so we're distinctly unbarrel aged. Are we back? We're yeah, back. We're back. Uh, okay, great. Uh, well, we didn't go away because we'll just edit this together. Maybe but, we uh, will. <laughs> I didn't realize how long we've been going, guys. I'm sorry. That's okay. okay. You talk a lot. I know. You, uh, you got to get to lawn bowling after this. What? Wait, what's that? I am going lawn bowling. It's my Jordan's going lawn. It's my wife's company uh, summer party, and I'm going lawn bowling wow. afterwards. Yeah, before Whistler. <laughs> on the way up. Yeah, on the way not, up. No, I'm, I am. What going time to, does the helicopter leave, oh, Jordan? Off. <laughs> <laughs> I am going away this weekend, though. We're going to Harrison, uh, oh, Harrison Lake. That's my, a little oh, less. Harrison Hot Springs. No, we're not, we are oh. not going to the Hot Springs. Oh, just the my father-in-law's got a uh, a cabin on the lake, and so you have to get there by a boat. And uh, a yacht. Yeah, sorry. Are no. you trying to make yourself sound less or more <laughs> fancy? <laughs> I, I am definitely not. Uh, well, okay, I'm not fancy uh, because I don't have money, um, and you can see that by the car I drive and the state of the place I live in. Although I live in a house, so I will say don't that. Don't know. Never been invited over. This is not. Go- <laughs> this is not going to go. I've been well. over, but only in the backyard. Mm. Don't come through the front door, Kevin. Take your shoes off when you yeah. do. No, I've never uh, been inside the house. But I will say that I don't actually like, I'm not a big outdoorsy camping kind of guy. Uh, I do like the comfort of a nice hotel, which is why I don't go anywhere because I cannot afford to have a nice hotel every mm. time. Fair enough. I don't know. I just okay. like the, I, I, I like the outdoors just as much as, well, like, no, like I don't looking, actually. like looking at it. Just as yeah. much as Bear oh. Grylls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, basically yeah. the same person. I like sitting and looking at <laughs> right. the outdoors. From, from indoors. <laughs> <laughs> With a light breeze through the window. Um, <laughs> all right, let's so, go back to this. We're yes, taking up enough of these people's time, time uh, and I'm responsible for that, so. It's all good. I feel it's, bad. It's all good. I got nothing to do today except but, go <clears throat> lawn bowling. Uh, I want to talk about the name craft because mm-hmm. I think it's relevant with the contract brewing and what is what is BC beer? What's the difference between craft beer and, and, you know, big beer? Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to Brent Mills about this cause he doesn't, he hates the term mm-hmm. craft beer. He's like, I kind of like, it's just beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and totally. some people that make Hate's it a strong word, but I'm yeah. not a fan of it. I yeah. And I don't think he used the word hate either. Uh, but Brent Mills has never used the word hate. No, he's, he's not a, top three nicest guys in the BC craft beer industry. Well, who's or, the other? Sorry. BC beer industry. The B, so who are the top, who are your top three nicest guys? Oh, you don't peg them out. You used to be in there until all this. Whistle oh, uh, come on now. I can still be nice. <laughs> and, your top five. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah, I'm that. Just kidding, man. I'm joking around. <laughs> I'm definitely top. But Brent Mills is a very nice guy. He is a very nice guy. Yeah. So anyways, it was, goes back to the, the, the conversation. Like, where did this actually come from? Like, we all make beers, just some of us are owned by independently, some aren't. And so he always was like, I like the term independent beer. It just makes more sense to me. Um, what is your kind of stance on it? Because you seemed like you wanted to talk about it. So, Yeah. Um, I don't much care for it because it doesn't really mean anything. And yeah. I'm sort of a, I'm a big fan of specificity in general. Like when people say stuff like, so, I mean, if, if like it is beer, um, good friends of mine from Belgium have had this thing that they told me 10 years ago. And there's like, there's two types of beer. There's good beer and there's bad beer. Yeah. And that's kind of how, like when I said, I don't care where the beer comes from. I mean, I'm being a little flippant with that because there are obviously points where I do, but there's good beer and there's bad beer. And what we're trying to do is good beer. 
Yeah. And the reason why craft as a movement, because people do understand, like it does have meaning to people. It just has different meaning to everybody. And that's, that I think is dangerous. So, you know, what it should mean is good beer that's kind of rising up against like this sort of, you know, homogenous scene of like the same basic shit from Mm -hmm. all the macro breweries being kind of pushed down our throats at all levels. So there's a movement there to bring better beer to people. And that's kind of what craft is supposed to be. But then I have friends of mine who like are not beer people and they'll just be like, Hey Hendo, is this a, is this a craft beer? And I'm like, please shut up. Never ask that question again. Like, what does that mean? Like, and I'm just like, (laughs) I hate that people who aren't in beer think about it like oh i did use the word hate um Uh like it it, but it bothers me that people think that because top 10 most hateful guys in there you go (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sorry bottom 10 yeah that's how it or wait yeah um so that bothers me because i feel like we miss the mark as an industry if people have to ask that Mm -hmm. and like i think you know wine suffers like similar things people are like oh you're a wine guy is this a good wine right use your fucking mouth like (laughs) that's what it should be to me like if my friend's drinking a beer i don't care if they're drinking a craft beer or not it's like what they're asking me is like am i drinking a good beer like they're basically like you're a beer guy do you respect me for this that's not important yeah but that's not important that's funny that that, and that happens all the time i get the same thing from people like whether it's who just don't know or even just the other like when i was away the last couple of days i was up at the lake and we we're sitting there's this group of young people sitting next to us and they were talking about something they're talking about going to nat bailey for a canadian's game I like that mm. kevin said a group of young people well just. they they were <laughs> well they were anyways kevin you're what 31 yeah 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 no just, oh, just I nailed it. no he's definitely not uh anyways uh, and they go, they're saying something about going to Nat Bailey and how, oh, yeah, it's great. And you get, you know, you get a beer there. And, and they got one guy's like, yeah, you can get really cheap beer there, right? And he's like, no, no, you got to pay a little extra because it's craft. Yeah. And he like the way he said it. And I was like, well, but like, I don't know. I just kind of like the way he said it, I'm like. That oh. money goes straight to Jordan's pocket. <laughs> yeah, well, not, <laughs> definitely, definitely not from Nat not. Bailey. No. <laughs> but anyways, I, I, but I agree with what yeah, you're saying because yeah. it's almost like, I don't want to say it's like a dirty word but sometimes people outside of it they they look and almost it's like us in the craft industry to outsiders it's like they think that they're not i don't know it's this yeah weird but we did that to yeah them. one yeah. i think like automatically we the collective we right did yeah. that to yeah. them and i think that that's where we've kind of fucked up a yeah. little bit and i don't know how we fix that because i i'm not smart enough to know that. Now, why I, do you think we fucked it up? Like, cause I, I, I'm with you with, you know, there's good beer and bad beer. Yeah. And I think that there is a misstep if the public perception of craft beer is that it's all good cause it's craft beer. Right. right. And that they're supposed to think well, it's that great. would be good if it were true. And then we could all fly under that banner and it would just be great cause people would know like, so, you know, craft is, it should be. And it started out like in the, the movement really started in the U S right. And yeah. like eighties and the idea being that it was quality and that's what I wish they chose is the word. Um, that word's also pretty like nebulous, right. but whatever. I mean, you it, just named our new IPA quality, quality IPA. Uh, actually, um, hang on. Suarez family has one called quality pills. Yeah. Who, they make some of the best. They do. Beer so on, in the planet, I think they're not so to go awesome. off on a tangent. No, please. I love uh, them. but, and I, fuck sometimes like, cause I've recorded a few of these, so I can't remember if I've told the story before. You probably have. I probably have. Was it when I w- no, I'm not going to tell the story cause you guys are already making me sound like I'm some fucking <laughs> rich guy flying everywhere. But when I was in New York, uh, I was at Tourist and some dudes found out that I was from a brewery because my buddy was asking me some questions and they owned a, a place in upstate New York called Mohawk Tap Room. And they're like, you got to have some Suarez family. 
I'm like, what? And they opened up the back of like, it was like a Honda Civic. It was like, they were drug dealers of fucking beer. They had like everything that we couldn't get. And they're like, you got to take this. And I'm like, I'm supposed to go to, I took my buddy on like a stag, a surprise stag, because he got married and didn't tell anybody. And we, I bought Knicks tickets and we're supposed to go to the Knicks game. And they're like, you got to take this beer. Sounds like a $3,000 trip. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you got to take this beer. And, uh, and I'm like, well, I can't, I got to take all this beer. Like it's beer I'd never had before. And they were so into it and they were so like, like just like our industry, like people are like, have some, this is great. Like yeah, we awesome. want you to enjoy this. But then I missed the first three quarters of the Knicks game because I had to take all the beer, go to my hotel now to drop it off. Saturday night, try and get to the Knicks game in, in time. And I was there for the fourth quarter to watch the Knicks lose because they were terrible. Because so. they're the Knicks. Still yeah. terrible, I think. Uh, so anyways, so quality beer is what we should be calling it. Well, no, I'm sorry. I, no, that was, I know, I know yeah, you, I know yeah, you really missed step to say that, but do you I, think that we, like, I know like that's what, where it started is what my point yeah. was, is that's what people were trying to do. And I think that that's what most of us are, are attempting to do. And that's where I say like, mm-hmm. again, flippantly that I don't, I just care about the liquid. Cause it really is what we're trying to do is like, you know, my personal mission and my mission, uh, for both of my companies has been like, I just think great beer should be everywhere. Yeah. And if Superflux was available at the IGA, I'd be fine with that. It would need to be available in the right conditions, like stored cold, not yeah. on the bottom shelf warm in the back of the place or whatever. But like, that'd be fucking awesome. I'd love that. Like, yeah. I wish our beer was served at Rogers arena. Yeah. It's probably not going to be maybe one day, but well, like, I think it, I mean, we've, we or, were at Rogers arena for a while. Yeah. It's just, sorry. Like, you're not allowed to talk about it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. tell or anybody it's, like it's there. one of the bars in the upper yeah. level that only Jordan Foss can afford to go to. <laughs> this is not the case. <laughs> Foss is king. Oh, get out. We're going to, we'll get to that. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm teasing you, man. It's so, um, yeah. So I just think, you know, if, if great beers everywhere, that's awesome. And that's what we should be striving for. So with craft, it's, it's like, craft is kind of cool which is a bit fatty uh and then that's where we get into trouble because people like people just kind of like sneak in you know they draft under that term and they're just like well i'm going to come in and open a craft brewery and then they like they don't care they don't even know what they're doing and they don't care about quality and i'm not i'm not pointing fingers or saying that this is like rampant in bc but but it happens i talk to those guys a lot of the time and they, they reach out and they ask if they can pick my brain for a bit yeah and like which you should do because you can help or you should let them do because yeah. you can actually help them, which helps everybody. But and we're the same. But. but it's but you can tell right away what the motivation is. Right. And you can tell the research hasn't been done. And they just think that it is a cool and trendy industry mm-hmm. um, that they think is still on the rise yeah. that, you know, that they can hop in and, you know, whether it's. <laughs> maybe think they can make some money, which is silly. Um, <laughs> some money. Right? Yeah. I'll make some. Yeah. What's our, what's our motto here? Make, make a little, li- a little just bit make a little a bit of money. Yeah. All the, a lot of the time. Yeah. But not a lot of the time. Well, some, sometimes <laughs> we make a little, we're good at well, making a little, little bit money of money sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's this, this, like, I worry that that's, you know, I, I think that's happening less and less. I think you're right. I actually think it doesn't happen as much as, you know, um, it might've over the last couple of years. Right. And, but it's it's that's the the pros and the cons of being in a sexy industry is that you know it's great for us who started you know even for Steel and Oak we started in 2014 like it's great because you get this this wave of media attention without having to do a lot of work for it outside of make a good product yeah and whereas now um, it's not really the same the, the case and if craft or or this industry becomes you know, like you said, if it's a fad, if the, if the term craft and craft beer is a fad, you still have good quality beer. For sure. Yeah. So it's, 
you're you're right in like how do we how do we market that that it's just good beer and I think that's just going to kind of come back to how most businesses traditionally mm-hmm. market products it's like well we make good beer you can come here and try it and have mm-hmm. a good experience and then you will hopefully continue to buy it because we're able to put it in places that you go to on a regular basis right, right. to enjoy it yeah. and I worry that like I worry that we are on this we're not on this upswing anymore I don't think as an industry as far as like it's still growing but it's mm-hmm. not growing at the same rate no and I worry that, you know, not to tie back to contract brewing, but that it's, it's going to start to get watered down by players that come in that are making maybe not necessarily great beer, mm-hmm. but still calling it craft beer. And then people have this association with, well, craft beer is not really that what, good. Have right. you had this craft beer? Have you had right. that craft beer? And that's where we've misstepped. And that's where the problem is with defending craft as a whole is that anybody else can swoop in and use it. So you're like, if you're defending everybody, you're, you're, you're defending nobody that's doing anything good or doing anything right. So you like, you want to separate like the wheat from the shaft, you know, like you want to have like the good shit be the good shit. And you want bars and restaurants that support that. You want them to know, you want liquor stores to know what's good. And sort of, you said a thing in a text message that you sent to me privately that I'm going to share with everybody now. (laughs) But you know, you just said that like, there's this thing where I forget the exact term now. Uh, it was basically just said, everything's like all, you know, everything's always met with rejoice in the beer industry. It's like, Oh, you did a thing. Yay. Amazing. We love you. And it's like, but what if the thing wasn't that good? And sometimes like, and again, it's not, it's not just beer, but it's, yeah. The, yeah. Well, it's, it was, it was spurred on cause we can, we'll talk about it a bit about this, the BC beer meme account, mm-hmm. this Instagram account that has come out. If you're listening to this podcast podcast, you probably already follow the account and what it's doing, um, is basically, I mean, taking pokes at the industry, it's taking pokes mm-hmm. at us and you, and it's, it's, I've, I personally kind of enjoy that the pokes that they've taken I think at it's us hilarious. because it's not detrimental to the quality of the beer it's more about you know what we actually try and do right like we go pretty hard in the paint that you know we're new s brewery and uh so i'm i'm right i think it's you and i have always joked via text about things like this and so mm-hmm. the fact that it's actually happening now i think kind of excites both of us mm-hmm. um that's why i was excited yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh at the same point in time um, obviously is hurtful to some, mm-hmm. but I think that one of the wonderful things about our industry is we have this, you know, this camaraderie for all of us. Um, but that also could be a detriment because like we shouldn't necessarily celebrate every brewery in the province because they're, you know, they, they, cause they're open. Yeah. Because they spend <laughs> right. some money and open because yeah. if the, we should be celebrating good quality stuff. Right. Mm. And not that I'm going to say that my, um, my opinions fall in line with the, the account. Um, cause they don't necessarily. Um, but I think what it's doing is it's at least getting people talking about, like it's getting people talking about like these things that we all know about. But none of us really say because it's kind of a friendly industry and like, why would we? Um, but I think it's probably important for the longevity of our industry to, to at least have these conversations about like, is BC, like you commented on one of the posts or one of their, you know, a different account, like is 
BC beer really one of the better scenes in the world? Like, is it? I is didn't that, use that tone. Yeah, it I could feel it. Oh, well, let's, no, let's, let, we'll talk about that in a minute, but let's f- focus on the BC beer memes because I, I will get back to that question. Um, like, we're, we've already started talking about all the things that they're hitting on. I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, way too much, actually. Uh, <laughs> so it is you. Yeah. No, it's not me. We'll, we'll talk about that, too. Um, not Anyway. Uh, but, like, what, what I think it's obviously resonating. Like this account started like a month ago and it's got like 1600 followers and yeah. people are sending texts to me and pictures to me and emails mentioning, you know, cause we've been brought up in it a bunch of times and it's, it's firing people up. People are opening up accounts to respond to it. Um, and it was, so I've been thinking about like, what, what did they actually, what have they done? Right. Yeah. And, uh, I think they've hit on a lot of what we're talking about here is that, there's this like sort of narrative or unspoken thing in beer that like we're all in it for the exact same reasons. We're all, we've all signed this pact and we're all rowing our ships to the same shore. And that's not really true because we don't know what that is. And we didn't sign a pact and we didn't all come in and say, this is what we agree we're all doing. Um, like to give you an example, one of the and again, if you guys haven't seen this, I'm sorry, but like there's a wholesome BC beer memes opened yeah. up in response to this, which is like, these are nice things about the industry. Somebody posted on one of them. They're like, whose dad is this? Which is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, it's but, not my dad. He doesn't yeah. know how to use the internet. <laughs> it's not mine either. Cause it would be signed dad. <laughs> but w- w- the first post that they made was that meme where Drake is like, you know, where Drake's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, and then Drake's like, uh, huh. Yeah. And it's those two things. So the, uh, uh, was, you know, Labatt, Malson, Budweiser, Corona, Heineken. And the uh-huh was anything craft. Yeah. And it's like, really? Anything craft? Yeah. Like, yeah. what we want is just, instead of these, like, are you saying that to the consumer? Like, literally just buy anything craft. Yeah. Like, you want me to buy the banana beer that Superflux made with brass neck? It's like, please, that's... <laughs> yeah. You need, drink you your, need a banana beer? Oh, don't... Yeah. I didn't have it. Obviously. It was actually... It was pretty good. Our goal was to be the top-rated banana beer on Untapped, and it was not hard to... I don't think we did it, I can it, only actually, think of that one. That there's, like, one beer that's called, like, banana bread or something. Right. Oh, yeah, by yeah. some English uh, Samuel beer, Smith. But, yeah. Um, sorry, so I'm throwing ourselves under the bus on that one, but it's like, you know, anything craft is like... Right. That's We shouldn't say that because... What does that even mean? But I think that's like what it what it used to be though. Like that was well, sort know, of the initial. It was like all of us against those guys. Yeah, and, but and that's not. I'm not in it for that. Like no, I'm, not, I'm not risking any dollars to right. compete against those guys directly. Right. Um. I hope I will steal some customers from them. Yeah. Well, maybe I am, but like, you know what I mean. I'm not. I'm not going. To, I'm not like. I'm going to take down Heineken. I never. I, mean, I never think about it. <laughs> no. No. Exactly. Yeah. Like Heineken's pretty good. <laughs> like <laughs> Heineken is. If you gave me just a, like you spun the wheel and gave me a random craft beer, whatever that means, like any beer from a small brewery in BC that Mm -hmm. isn't from a macro brewery, Heineken probably could be better because you, or Heineken, let me rephrase that. Heineken could probably be more pleasing to the average customer. Right. My point is I'm not signing up to tell the the world of consumers that that anything craft like no like let's let's sell you something specific that you're going to like and you should follow and like a brewery that you are into like i got some of my best friends cannot finish one of my super flux beers like we don't make beer for everybody we make really hoppy beer for people that like really hoppy beer yeah Yeah. like there are plenty of instances where super flux is just not the right choice and we're fine with that like 
what did Ben Coley say on your? It was on the podcast. He was like three tablespoons of Dagrad for every right. yeah. uh, every BC resident. Yeah, yeah. BC. if I sold every BC resident a four pack of Superflux beer a year, I'd do like thirty million dollars in sales. That'd be fucking incredible. Yeah, then I could live like Foss. <laughs> and <That> it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be like you know what I mean. Like yeah. I'm really. It, that's actually an incredible goal. Sell everybody one four pack a year. Like I'm not trying to take business from Heineken. And again, I'm, you know, so I'm not saying Heineken or Blue Bad and Molson are great. I'm just saying we need to, we need to put a little bit of thought into the messaging that we're putting out there to consumers because what consumers will do if we fuck it up is they'll just be like, this is all bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And we don't want them to say, cause it yeah. isn't bullshit. Yeah. And like, you're working really, really hard. Everybody's working really, really hard. And I should say, you know, I don't agree with all of the memes. I don't even understand some of them. Um, but I have like the utmost respect for anybody that runs their own business doing anything. Like it's, you know, I've done it. Yeah. It's hard. You it's put like, your life savings into it. You're like, yeah. when you, you were, you were an asshole and you, uh, with your Superflux account basically told the world that it was me jokingly. Oh yeah. But not understanding that not everybody understands jokes and or I'm know, trying to or know that you two are friends. <laughs> yeah. Or know that we know each other and we actually yeah. talk, uh, but sorry, yeah, that's okay. We know each other and we talk or we're friends. Yeah, well, I say, I say wait, friends. Yeah, he, I don't he, know. He we were friends. No, we yeah. were friends. No, but I'm Craft. trying. Yeah, so I've got <laughs> I've got people over for dinner, and my my one year old wakes up. So I'm trying to get my one year old to go back to sleep, and my phone starts blowing up. Got people that thinking that this is me, yeah. and. Uh, it is not because I, well, I, I'm trying to get a one-year-old to bed, which is most of my life. And I, I don't have time to be, this is, you're also this, not that clever. I'm not. No. And this podcast has literally taken all of my energy that I have, uh, every two weeks. So that's right. why I only do it every two weeks. But, um, but, but it also goes to show like, I don't know what else could have ever been posted that I had, would have so many industry people reaching out to me. Right. Right. Which goes to show how many people are not, I mean, people are fired up by it. They, they yeah. are, right? Yeah. And, and I think, and it probably because, I mean, I think there's probably a few things. Some of them are probably worried that they're going to get tagged in a post. They're going to get tagged mm-hmm. in a post. Some of them are probably, but what it's probably done is it's probably in the back of their mind, they're like, fuck, we do this. I hope they don't talk about it. And if that's going into your mind, if that's, if that's happening, then you're doing something wrong, I, I think. Or you're doing something right. I mean, depending on what it is. So like you could look at it a couple of ways. So there's one on there where somebody, and I, I don't want to dissect each one, but like, um, or name names, but there's one that was like, uh, it just targeted a brewery and the owner, the, one of the owners is a friend of mine. And he was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. He took it as a compliment. And I actually thought it was an insult. <laughs> yeah. um, the Superflux one, which is the very first, well, one of the first posts. That's a compliment. I'm though. not, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to describe what the post was, no. but it basically was like um, a bunch of baby birds looking for food when Mama <laughs> Bird comes back to the nest. Let's yeah. say that. And, um, you know, so you, you could look at that as the owner of Superflux and be like, oh, yeah, these guys like love our stuff. Yeah. You could also look at that as an owner of another brewery that doesn't like Superflux and say, yeah, these idiots will buy anything from Superflux because, yeah. right. you know, they're baby bir- like. And again, I, I don't know how you want to look at that. No. So what this is why I came to the conclusion I did about like what they've hit on. It's exactly that we, we haven't all signed the same contract, right? Like we're not all doing the same thing. We don't all look at it the same way. And we should actually celebrate that instead of putting like a, a cheesy shitty, we love everybody banner up and all flying under it and letting anyone come in that doesn't do any good. Like the, there's one about twin sales, which I will say it was hilarious. And like, do you think twin sales is losing any sleep over their Indiana Jones meme? I I did notice it was the one 
that Cody didn't like on the whole oh, really? thing. Yeah, I'm going to talk to him about it. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, hey, Cody, we'll have you on the show. We can talk yeah, about okay. it. Maybe, maybe the, the, one, the one of on Steel and Oak about the, the was the um, Robert Downey Jr. Um, and he, uh, he was like... Um, kind of rolling his eyes and about mm-hmm. like hey did you know that we're from new west yeah yeah and i was like well, i was like that's hilarious it is because like fuck i've got new west tattooed on my fucking arm so yeah. like it's it's true you know what my number one goal this year is for steel and oak to become more of new west brand so oh, okay, obviously I'm, if people from unless that person lives in new west yeah. uh unless robert downey jr right now <laughs> <laughs> um he uh they then i'm obviously doing it right like i don't want it to be annoying to somebody yeah. but if you're in the industry and you're like these guys obviously go hard for new west yeah that's fucking 100 what we try and do because that's who we actually are well totally but you know? you know somebody else might look in that and be like yeah what a bunch of idiots that's hilarious sure. that's true because they're yeah. like what does new west matter to, to yeah. someone who's not like if you want a brewery that's not new west you're like yeah these guys think that's super important it's like yeah their community is important yeah. and that's awesome they think it's great like and sorry that's what i meant like with the sorry i did name names with the twin sales one but i like you know Twin Cells could look at that and say, like, how's our brand perceived? Pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, how's our business doing? I don't actually know, but I assume, I assume it's pretty, it's pretty fucking, fucking awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, you just look inward and you say, like, is this true? Maybe. Is it funny? Yeah. Is it yeah. what we were trying to do? Maybe no. But, I, I, again, I don't know and I can't put words in their mouth. But most of the other ones kind of like that. Um, and, you know, if you just look inwards and say, like, oh, does this is this true? And is it funny? Or do I care? Yeah. And then, if not, fine. But, like... You know, to people who think they're making fun of the whole industry entirely, yeah, they are. And it's kind of like they're just, they're poking holes in the little tissue paper veil that we've put up that says like, yeah, we're like all precious and special. Yeah. You know, we're we're just like anything else. And some of the stuff we do is funny and some of it isn't and some of it's great and some of it isn't. I also think we can't take ourselves, like we need to take our businesses seriously and what we're putting out there. But like we all got into a business where that the one thing that matters is public perception, right? And how people feel about our, what we put out to them, right? And if they enjoy it yeah. or not. And But we also make beer for a living. Mm. So I think we can take ourselves a little less seriously yeah. in, in that sense and poke fun a little bit at each other. But like Ben said, you don't need to please that many people. No, you, right? don't. Like, you don't. And you yeah. don't have to please them. And if you're trying to, you're going to fail because you're competing against like... Steel and Oak couldn't fill one of those vats at the Molson Burrard Brewery in a year. No, no, <laughs> so, no, no. no like, we went to Miller Coors yeah. when we were in, in uh, Denver and they like, they, they spill more beer in a day than we make an entire yeah. year. Superflux right? couldn't fill up the yeast brink with all the no. beer we make <laughs> no. in a year. So it's like, it's no. not, Yeah, it, it really doesn't. This is the first time that we've done one of these where the taste room is actually starting to open because it's, oh, this so is long. incredible. But hold on, before we stop, because I want to get on, I want to talk about this because we're already in the BC beer meme mode. Mm-hmm. There was the wholesome one and there was like a beer C, BC beer meme, 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 meme thing. Yeah. But you commented on one about, it was talked about, it, the post was that the BC beer scene is one of the best in the world. It was, can we all just basically shut up and enjoy the fact that BC beer has become one of the best, the top beer scenes in the world. Right. And you made a comment that was just a question that says, are we? And, I, I said, are we one of the best beer scenes in the world? And so and I want no get, one actually answered the question which i thought was interesting and i want to get your opinion on this because i i we talked about this briefly yesterday um i told a story on one of the earlier podcast episodes about going to san francisco having a bunch of beer there obviously mm-hmm. you, you know we've been with ben yeah. yeah and we've been to you know we've gone to denver portland san diego all like the you know the the crappier hotbeds and i will say and i'd come back and I'd be like our beer is just as good as anything here but then i also realized talking with you that i actually only drink Brewery, our beer from breweries that I know. 
right? right? Like people that I respect, right? right? And and point. so you know, so I'm not going to drink beer from a craft brewery that I might have, or an independent or a, a beer that I may have, um, you know, that I, I didn't like their their beer. I only drink beer that I know is good from yeah, because you already know because I already know. Right. And so it's unfair for me to be like the beer here is just as good as the beer at home because I actually am not aware. You know, there's some breweries on my hit list when I go to these places that I know are going to be good based on reputation. But shit, I could have gone to Portland and I've gone and I've gone to 12 or 14 breweries and they're all good. Right. And so are we I, I don't think you do that in B.C. because I know which ones are good. So I think I'm yeah. my opinion is is a bit tainted i mean yeah and maybe you'll be surprised too because there's breweries like in bc i definitely haven't had beer from that probably are good and i went to uh, cumberland brewing recently when i was up there and i was like holy shit this beer is great i'm like when did you guys open there like three years ago yeah. i'm like oh my god or maybe it was four but, but yeah, yeah but you, I hadn't you really, don't see it yeah, over here right their beer was awesome and so i was you know i was really stoked on had a great mm-hmm. time so you know for me to answer the question i actually do think we have one of the better yeah. beer scenes in the world but it, what i mean so you're by just that, stirring the pot I, I had actually hoped somebody said yes, and then I would say, why? And right, like, right. what do you mean by that? Yeah. And because, again, like craft, it's like, what do you actually mean? And again, like, you know, I'm going to sound like I don't care, but I, maybe I sound like I do care deeply because I keep talking. But um, the, you know, to me, the beer scene is like, it's, it's everything. It's the government regulations. It's the liquor stores. It's the bars, the restaurants, the breweries. Like, a lot of people just think, do they have a bunch of breweries? And that's what they mean by beer scene. And that doesn't mean shit to me. Like having a bunch of breweries is not the goal. The goal is having really good beer and then having really good beer be everywhere. So like, you know, I, I do think like Portland is a way better scene than us for a number of reasons. I think the bars and the restaurants, the way they support beer, like our bars and restaurants are coming around like that. Um, but you just don't see macro beer in Portland, like hardly anywhere. Um, the level of knowledge in that industry, like I, I, you know, I admitted this on one of those posts. It's like, yeah, those guys, they, brew us under the fucking table like i mean they just know like the years of experience at some of those breweries are like unmatched like yeah, i mean they have a deschutes yeah. pumping out like alumni right and mm-hmm. the training that you're going to get at a place that brews what is it 300 400 barrels a year that, i mean that's going to be amazing training right and that spawns some of these other breweries that are incredible like ecliptic and ale apothecary and some other ones i'm going to just totally forget about and these are all really great breweries and we and we have that here and we're getting there but yeah. our, our scene is um our scene is really really good and we should be super proud of it and i think like you know you have and i've been a part of that and i'm i'm really proud of it so uh i definitely didn't want to come off as not that but it's also like yeah what do you mean and to say bc has a great beer scene bc bc's fucking huge it's like two yeah. and a half Texas's, yeah. yeah so like does northern bc have a great beer right. scene probably yeah. not there's and again admittedly if you're from there and you want to lambaste me for this go for it but <laughs> remember like, this is adam henderson from Super yeah Flex, at but, hendo beers on instagram <laughs> feel free to hit me with your hate uh, no but like you know if you're gonna bring a tourist in from the u.s yeah. you're not gonna say go to smithers like i'm yeah. sure there's breweries I, there and i don't know I don't about know. yeah there's a smithers beer company there you go yeah, but, but like vancouver has a really great beer scene yeah. bc has some really great breweries and again in canada we you know we're we've provincially segregated all our liquor. So there's this like invisible sort of border or barrier. Um, we're kind of insulated in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there are really awesome things in BC. There's there, you can find probably a greater selection of high quality beer here than any other province in Canada. Um, Alberta has a lot of stuff from outside of the province and their local yeah. scene was stifled by some regulation. They're coming along a long way. I think inside of the next couple of years, they're going to be 
they're going to be one of the next best ones. Ontario somehow uh, has an incredible scene despite yeah, all the bullshit that yeah, exists. And it's with exploded. Like, being in Ontario. Yeah, but it's like the last few years, like I remember being back there four years ago and there was nothing. I mean, there was yeah. some. And then I was just back there this summer or last mm. summer and all of a sudden Toronto itself has you know, a handful of uh, breweries doing, doing great beer too. Yeah. Right. And, I think and, they have a couple of the yeah, best breweries I think in the so world. Too. I just wanted to quickly, like, like, I know we were tying up, but just what you're saying too, of like with the BC, BC quote unquote beer scene is that it's, I think it's a great beer scene, but it's, I think it's also, it's just this, it's like a flourishing beer scene. Cause it's, cause it's the, the grow, growth has been so, so vapid or so rapid and, and quick. That's yeah, a teenager, but, but it doesn't, <laughs> uh, but it doesn't, necessarily mean that every single one of those breweries that have opened their doors in the last however many years is necessarily making great beer so i think like your comparison to portland or or san francisco or san diego or of other these spots is that i think you could go to more places in those cities and have more great beer than than you could here that, that's just, well, my, it's that's just my opinion. I, I think that Portland is not in their infancy of, of well, that's right. and we are. And so, like, and so, so the, the palettes of the community have changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, support they, you were talking about too, is they massive. recognize what, what's good beer and what's bad beer. Yeah. And so the ones that don't make good beer don't last long. Yeah. And so you're just, you're going to have a better chance of having good beer. Whereas like here, I think I, I agree. Like, I think that the beer scene is really great here. And the breweries that I go to make awesome beer. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, I don't get out as much as I used to. Um, so I can't comment on a lot of the new ones that have opened up. Right. Um, but I know the people behind them are the people brewing there. So I, I generally know what the quality of product's going to be. But I think my, my, my worry or, or what I'm kind of getting at is that we're still really young in mm-hmm. our industry. Even though I know you've been in it for a while and there's been craft breweries on the island have been around for or independent beer quality brewery beer <laughs> providers Good beer. on the island uh, that have been around for a while. But like we have this great thing going right now where our industry is being talked about and it's on the up and up and I just don't want us to fuck it up by being okay with just okay mm-hmm. beer. And uh and so, you know, I hope you know like I hope that I mean we try at Steel and Oak. We're always like, we always say when we, when we're going to brew a beer, we're like, if somebody in the industry that we really respected, that we like, you know, we looked up to, mm-hmm. they came through the front doors and we're like, Hey, what beer can I try today? Would we be proud of giving them this beer? Mm-hmm. And if not, then we should not brew it. Yeah, you shouldn't. Right. Or and you should dump it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're at that <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, uh, and I think that's just a simple thing, but, on the no, flip. simple things is fine. Yeah, simple things is fucking great. <laughs> just I, I want. The, but we can have another podcast about how we're gonna. Have I to love have lager episode. beer, and I just wish it would fucking sell. Have we more. set a record. We have uh, longer than Jamie. Yeah, yeah, Good. yeah. Well, and in all fairness, it's it's only we didn't go until the taste room normally gets open. Mm. But it's somebody that's new today, and they came early, which is great. Oh, that's sweet. Good. Yeah. Sign. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, so go ahead. No, we don't have to end. Go for it, man. Yeah. If you it's guys want to podcast, we, we can don't, end. No, no. Okay, it's, great. It's good. Internet. We'll just stay. Free. We'll just keep going while the taste room opens. Just people come in. That, we can just start bringing people on. Do you, hey, <laughs> do you want to have a beer with Adam Henry? Well, no, this isn't fucking no one, live, so no, no one's one going to come down. Yeah. No one. No one cares. There's a few people that care. Um, don't nah. tell me that. Then why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, we brought yeah. you on to get up like all your followers. Well, to, no, okay. Well, thank you. That's good. No, no, I, no. I meant no one cares about having a beer with me. Oh, I that's see. what no, I meant. That's yeah, very yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares about that. Um, 
one of the things that gets said in our industry a lot of people are always like oh you know i won't judge a brewery when they first open i think i was telling you a story of this because like i had uh you know somebody that we both know kind of said that to me and i was like actually no you you should like if you open up your doors as a brewery right now um you are fucking it up for the rest of us if your stuff isn't at least good yeah and i i think so many people have worked way too hard and again when i say you're fucking enough for the rest of us i should preface that by saying i don't actually have a brewery that's open um but like you know you are and if you go into a place and you they open up with undrinkable beer and they don't know enough or have the ability like i know everyone's trying to like you know money's tight and all that stuff but yeah. it's like you should not serve that like you should no, dump, it, like because if that's what you come out with yeah that yeah, you could have done that years ago yeah. and it was fine and we were all learning yeah. and we were helping each other yeah. but like now is not the time no the um, price of entry is to have good beer at opening yeah just like don't just it, it can't be bad and there have yeah. been there have been a couple breweries that i have been to over the last two years that have been like that and that's name them i'm joking <laughs> not gonna um but it, and again like it, it, it's not the point to be calling people out at all no, either not at all but it's it, people do need to know that and it's sh- the picture we should paint for people isn't Oh, just come on in. Yeah. Like, cause the restaurant industry sure as fuck doesn't do that. They will eat you alive. Well, the patrons and the business and everything yeah. will eat you alive. But like, uh, we were talking Neil McLennan from Vancouver magazine, um, who is, I think said nice stuff about us, but it, yeah. both and you and I, and, um, he posted a review the other day in Vancouver magazine that was like, this restaurant is a dumpster fire of a restaurant. Can you imagine anyone saying that about a brewery or even a beer? Nobody would say that right now, but like if you open a fucking restaurant that absolutely sucks, yeah, we all expect you to get lambasted like yeah, yeah. publicly because we're fucking disappointed. Well, because we we're past that money. point. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're past that point. And so that's one thing about the beer scene where it's kind of like, you know, we, 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 if we are a great beer scene, which I do think we are, we should hold ourselves in high enough regard that when right. we see some of that stuff, we're just like, Hey, foul on the play. Yeah. Yellow card here. Yeah. Um, like let's let's do something about that and i think and it should it should always come back to the quality of beer right like we're mm-hmm. sitting in our tasting room right now yeah. and i look at it i'm like fuck if i knew it was going to happen i would have designed this taste room differently but when we opened in 2014 there was no lounge endorsement it was a tasting model so we're like well who gives right. a shit right and like we like it i like it It feels homey it's good in here but like now when breweries are opening up it's like straight on restaurants in in you know in the front end of a, a brewery which is great we have to pay a lot of attention to that opening up now in vancouver yeah like right i mean that's, we're going through that process and so we now have to that spend. is almost the price yeah. of entry is that you don't only just have to have great beer but you also have to have more than that yeah. right another experience a, you know a, a barnyard back bar and some picnic tables uh is not going to cut it in a lot of places anymore. no and th- there's nothing wrong if you did that and there's nothing wrong if you're doing that and you're in like a rustic area or something but like for the most part in vancouver if you want to attract people and i i, I don't think that's gonna that's gonna no it's cut not it anymore it's not gonna yeah. fly so i think we maybe we're getting there and we're just because we're in the industry we're not aware of it because well, i think for me i know personally like i'm so entrenched in our day-to-day of of growing steel and oak that i actually really don't pay attention a ton to what else is going on out there i just don't have the time right and um so it but if I was opening, well, actually I am opening another brewery, another brewery in Victoria and we're going through this process right now. And that thing is a 178 person tasting room right. with hopefully a rooftop patio. Like it is built to be that in, in this mm-hmm. day and age, right. Of what you mm-hmm. need to do to survive or, or to get something that's going to exceed expectations. Right. And obviously the beer has got to be great, but we already know that. So the experience also has to be unbelievable. Right. And you can't rely on at steel and Oak. We were lucky because we've got a good, um, community that comes out here 
and moves the tables out of the way and dances or whatever. It's just a good vibe, but you're not going to be able to replicate that everywhere. And so you need to be able You're to gonna have to edit that out for the LCRB. There's no dancing. That was back in the, that day. was back in the day. Not anymore. Not <laughs> anymore. The first thing. No, just, yeah. no, not anymore. We put the kibosh on that. If you wanted to leave uh, our three listeners with something to actually we get a lot more downloads than that. I will say it's been listened to. Yeah, I think we're doing okay. Yeah. I did a little research and I, I think we're doing just fine. Great. There's mom, there's dad, there's, uh, they don't know how to, my they don't know how to <laughs> no, podcast. There's one. no way. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, what would you, what would you leave somebody that is maybe thinking of opening a brewery in the process of it? Um, or, or, you know, somebody that's already in the industry of, of advice from your experience with not only Superflux but Copper and Theory and how long you've been around in the industry for, um, what would it be? I don't know if I can give advice to anybody that's in the industry. I mean, there's people in the industry that know way more than I know. Um, Cause like I say, I don't actually own a brewery yet. So, um, or we haven't opened our brewery yet. Um, if you're starting a brewery, yeah, I'd be really, really like make good beer. I mean, that's the first thing. And I think I'm proud enough of our beer to say that I can say that. Um, I'd be really, really careful about your wholesale model and your projections and your hopes there um but like anything else i mean just like know what you're doing when you go into it like we came into it admittedly not knowing anything about beer production Um, matt and i were both home brewers and we 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 tested it at callister we learned how to do that and then that's where it came from and then we've now hired a guy who is a professional head brewer um to help us with a lot of the things that we need help with at a larger scale so that's important um it's gonna it just because you're a home brewer doesn't mean you can't do it. You should totally fucking do it. But like ally yourself with somebody that is knows yeah. how to sell beer or knows how to run a tasting room or really think about your model. Um, because what a lot of people did five years ago that have turned into really great successes, they either wouldn't do again or couldn't do again. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, we've seen a lot of people start very, very small and then they've kind of blown up and, grown their wholesale business in their tasting room kind of simultaneously um if they probably started and did exactly the same thing today it would be a whole lot harder to get mm-hmm. you know get traction and make noise yeah um and then you know like we were the piece of advice that really worked for us that i would pass along is that we were really able to test it out and that's kind of why i'm a proponent of the contract brewing model is it it allows people to kind of fuck around and do new things and like be innovative, which is interesting or see like, Hey, is, does my idea work? And this is why we're seeing so much success in the restaurant industry with like food trucks and commissary kitchens and, um, excuse me, pop-ups. Yeah. Like that's what people are doing. And in beer, um, I can get how you're, if you're an incumbent, you don't really want to allow that, but we should, you know, for in terms of like in innovation, we should allow that because we want to see people do new shit. And if you're going to start a brewery, you should figure out how to like test out what you're doing before you do it yeah. to make sure that people actually like if you're a good home brewer and people come over and drink your beer, that's one thing. Will they give you five bucks a glass or eight bucks a glass? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like maybe. And if so, then you're you're on to something. Well, also, um, too, when you're getting free beer from a home brewery you're like this is really good and I think that's always tainted <laughs> well that's yeah. but that's what I mean yeah. you start charging your friends five bucks a glass and see how much how they drink really right is, of yeah. your of your yeah whatever yeah. you're making so yeah I mean that's that's what I would say and yeah. I, I think there's lots of ways to try to do that um, or go out there and you know work in the industry for a while um, you know we were we found a few ways to do that and that's yeah. that's why I started importing beer um, I think of yeah. I think of it you you touched on it perfectly like the the climate today is different than the climate even when steel and oak opened and we're not that old we're only five years old but like jamie and i were able to feel our way through this thing we were 
smart enough to hire somebody that knew how to make good beer that had a lot of experience. But there was time and the market was young enough that we could like figure it out. Like how yeah, to like sell beer. Tell five year ago Jordan that him and Jamie should do this right now? Fuck yeah. no. Or, or like you <laughs> no. said too, like with other people that yeah. have been on the podcast, is like all the breweries that started around the same time, everyone was in the same boat. Like so there right. was that like not that say that it's less supportive or whatever, but like everyone was like I don't know, do you know what you're like, you know, how do you but, do this? But and what so they everyone t- helped each other out. Well they did, but what they also did in those in the early days is because this was before anybody thought this might be a cool idea that really took off. And like I don't want to say early days like I'm trying to liken us to, you know, the driftwoods of the world or the guys on the island, but like when that first wave took off, like the thirty three acres Jordan Foss invented craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh he invented uh good quality, quality beer. beer. <laughs> um but like with, you know, it was like, you know, 33 acres, Brassneck, we're actually going to do a collab beer for, um, the BC craft brewers conference, which is all of us that have celebrated five years, which was, it's like us, yellow dog, uh, dagger ad, um, the guys at main street. And there's, you know, there's quite a few of us that I, I look at, they're still in business today. I'm like, we had room to figure it out right mm-hmm. then, but you don't have room to figure it out right now. No, you, you need don't. to come in hot and know exactly what yeah. you're doing. And so if you are a somebody that's looking to invest and open a brewery because you think it's cool hire the right people yeah uh to to do it for you because or or like you said figure it out beforehand beforehand yeah Yeah. or like i mean come correct you know and do do shit that's really good and that's great like i mean i my general career you say come correct oh yeah that's a rat yeah that's great i've been reading up on what kids say yeah uh, 12 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, so, which is why, it, which is why yeah. it resonated yeah. with me. So, but <laughs> what I, like, what I mean though, too, my general career advice to anybody is like fucking absolutely quit your job that you hate and go do the thing that yeah. you love. And if you love beer, you should totally quit your fucking I, job I and come be agree. in our industry. Yeah, yeah. We would all love to have you. And that's what I did. That's what you did. And yeah. that's amazing. Just fucking be good when you come. Cause like, I mean, again, you're not, you're kind of doing it for all of us. Cause we, you know, everyone's worked really hard so don't fuck it up but uh which was a message at the craft brewers conference in the u.s like five years ago yeah. they're like everyone worked really hard at this people don't fuck it up there's like two thousand <laughs> of you opening this and that's literally what they said um and i think that that's a fair statement yeah, yeah, yeah. just like do it man get in like if yeah. you want to open a restaurant fucking go do that yeah. too like open up your restaurant just like know yeah. the business before you get in because um the beer industry is like it's more expensive and stuff, but it's easier than the restaurant industry right now. The restaurant industry will fucking spit yeah, you yeah. out in right. no time. So anyway, do whatever the hell you want. I'm um, just, you got to be good at it like anything else and it'll be, it'll be fun. And yeah. Awesome. I want to thank my guest, Adam Henderson from Superflex, uh, for being on the show today. This is beer life with Jordan Foss. Yeah.